Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. California Chrome. There aren't many superlatives that we can use. He's just off the charts. He's standing stud at TaylorMade Stallions. You can call Travis White to book your mare today, 859-885-3345. That's Travis White. It's TaylorMade, and it's California Chrome. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. This is the Horse Ownership Experience for Tuesday, and I never know the date. Tuesday, February 26th. That voice, that special little voice that you heard is Michelle Yu, one of the great broadcasters of our generation. She's at Santa Anita on a daily basis. She has two beautiful kids. She's got a husband named Ryan Hansen, who is a very good up-and-coming trainer on the West Coast. And Michelle, we are so thrilled you're here today. Thanks, Billy. Much appreciated. That was a great intro. Really? I've I've been working on it. Super nice. uh, we have a cool show today. Last night, Michelle, I was at the CTBA Awards. Have you ever been to that? I haven't. Can I make a, a slight like bitch about that? We sure. Didn't even know what was going on? Like, we want to celebrate our breeders, and I didn't see like I never got an email. I didn't get a notification. I didn't see like a tweet or anything. Wow. Okay. Well, I know Christy Chapman who runs the whole uh, thing and set it up, and I will make sure that uh, it, it. I will let her know. Okay. They did a great job. It was really nice. Nice event. Um, uh, it was hosted by uh, our broadcast, our race announcer, Frank Miramati at Santa Anita. He was great. He was really funny. Did a bunch of imitations. The airman is so funny. He's very funny. And uh, um, the, the, the woman who I sat next to is named Casey Bennett. And she's going to come on the show today. She runs Ocean Breeze Ranch, where they sand Square Eddie. She won several awards for Square Eddie. The... Uh, the main uh, winner on the night, I, I've never seen so many awards go to one person, uh, and it was interesting, but it was um, uh, the gentleman who bred, um, oh, Spice no, Perfection. Spice Perfection, yes. And not only bred Spice Perfection, who won basically you know, every award there was to win, um, he also owned the uh, Jeff Bondi filly. Who, oh, Tuscan Sunset. Well, yes, and Sun. Uh, what was her name? Or sorry, Miss Sunset. Miss Sunset. Miss Sunset. Yes, we had Tuscan Sunset. Yes, her dam. and so um, he was up there about nineteen times. Nice. And it was uh, it, it got he a little to move a chair. Yeah, it, his, his name is Phil Lebhertz, and uh, it was very interesting. Um, it was pretty cool. It was a nice event. 
So we're going to have uh, Casey's. Your owner, or your owner, your trainer, Phil D'Amato, took home an award for best California trainer, right? California bred trainer, yes, which was uh, very nice for Phil. He was very very well spoken. His whole family was there, and I think it was a very nice achievement for Phil. And uh, hopefully we continue to win more races and uh, get more trophies. Very cool. Yeah, it was a good night. Nice. So um, Casey's cool. Uh, I had, uh, let's see, I had a nice salad, and then I had a, a steak. And it had mashed potatoes and some veggies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good night. So congratulations to all the winners of the CTBA Awards. Uh, Michelle, there's something that we need to talk about before we talk to Casey Bennett and before we go over some of the stakes. And that is, the. by the way, I pull into the garage here at LA Talk Radio and the parking attendant, who's a great guy, by the way, um, says to me, uh, what's up with the track at Santa Anita? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow! Like that, the fact that he even knew about it is is nuts. And I, he I, follows racing. He right? does. He has stopped me a numerous. He loves you. Yeah, he right. loves you. So, but I'm gonna. I want to get your kind of vibe and your opinion, and then I'll chime in with mine after I. And if, we'll see. You and I have not discussed this, so it's going to be interesting to hear what what you have to say because obviously there's been um, several breakdowns, including uh, Battle of Midway uh, this week. And uh, it's not a great situation. The media is blowing this thing up. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Um, well, we did have one of, the, one of the horses that broke down did belong to us. So we were part of the whole fray. Um, I can say, at least on behalf of our horse, that he was sound. He was not injected. He had not jog sore. We had no soundness issues on our horse. So, um, you know, it was obviously not something expected or anticipated. The rider said that he felt like he, the horse stepped into a divot made by another horse running because they were on the grass. And right, that was on the grass, though. Noise. Right. I'm, I mean, um, right now they're looking at the main track. So I don't want to. I don't want to make light of what happened. Obviously, it's a horrible tragedy, and we never want anyone to lose a horse, let alone you and well, Ryan. Well, I think that people because people are including his death as part of the numbers that they're looking at over the weekend. I think it's fair to include him, even though they're not specifically doing anything about the turf course right now right you know on the same day stormy liberal slipped around the turn too but you know we'd had a lot of weather and turf it's just like when you drive on the freeway there's a little bit of rain and it makes it really slippery Mm -hmm. but like a lot of rain sinks in right right so people it's a very fine line right everyone wants to yell if you take things off the grass but it's always for safety I, i mean you know i don't know i don't i don't particularly think either track is unsafe um it did appear that the main track might be a little inconsistent from all the amounts of weather. You know, one day it's sealed, the next day it's open, then it's sealed again, then it's reopened. So, it's closed, you know, right. Firm, soft, firm, soft, firm, soft for horses to train on is inconsistent, but I don't believe the track is unsafe necessarily. And I think that was echoed in the sentiments of a lot of trainers that when they wanted to close the track yesterday morning, the trainers were up in arms. No, well, no, look, we have look, work scheduled. And look who breezed. Look who Every breezed yesterday. Horse. Instagram, game winner, and improbable. Three, Probably three of the top five three-year-olds in the country right. breezed over this track yesterday morning. Now, and they were fine. So right. I just, at Phil DeMott, who we were just talking about, I was talking to him this morning. I spoke to John Sadler. I spoke to Baffert. And they all kind of said this a similar thing, It, which is, and for people out there who don't know, we've had the worst rain in like probably 20 years in a compacted area in the past, what, three or four weeks, right, Michelle? 12 inches almost. 12 inches of rain. On the racetrack. And what Michelle said is she used the word consistency. And what's happening is, yes, 
the track is is closed one day, open the next. You go to the training track. You you you. Some people have just taken their horses out there anyway because they have to, uh, or they want to. They don't have to, but they want to. Um, and when you're training inconsistently, in, inconsistently, and you are missing a day here, a day here, and then you have to breeze. These kind of things do happen. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily missing work. I feel like this: if you train all the time because you're a marathon athlete on the pavement, okay, your body becomes accustomed to working on the pavement. If I tell you, hey, by the way, your next marathon is on the beach, you will most likely not be able to finish the race or get injured or be a different kind of body sore, sure. right? Sure. So when we have the track sealed, which makes it harder, hard, right. and then we open it up and dig it up to let it breathe, it makes it deeper and softer. I think there's some of that that could possibly be going on. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that is not really avoidable i i would say and i think a lot of people right now are jumping saying oh god battle of midway shouldn't have been brought back to race well uh, he's done a pretty damn good job of racing absolutely since he came back, i think that's crazy talk and i think that's crazy the talk horses, you had one horse with one star under his belt one unstarted horse and battle of midway so you can't tell me it's because they're cheap or because they come from bad trainers or you know what i mean like all right. these excuses people are throwing out there none of that is the case right let me ask you a hard question if it's not Battle of Midway, is there this big investigation? Um, it's a tough one. I would say, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you want to say yes because three deaths in a two-day period is a lot, excluding the turf course one. Um, and I think that's what people brought people, you know, up in arms. But obviously, the fact that it was Battle of Midway and then another horse right. got a brought, lot more brought a lot in. of attention. Right. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. But that being I, said, again, remember, we're talking about the trainers that were asked and told we're going to close the track and look at it. And Battle of Midway's trainer was like, no, I, I trust in the track. Yeah. Which is which should say something. It seems strange to me that they're not taking into account that Jerry Hollendorfer, who is in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest trainers in thoroughbred racing history, I don't know where he ranks on wins, but it, it's got to be very high up there. Um, he went and worked Instagram the very next day. Right. So that has to say something, and I feel like it's getting swept under the rug and that the media is just hyping it because that's what they do. And I'm a little bit perturbed about it to be honest with you i don't know if you well, can tell can in my tone one thing too billy like you said right now right you went and talked to sadler and phil and bob baffert right well no offense but those guys aren't on the track what do you mean they're not on the track they're not when was the last time you saw bob baffert on the racetrack well i'm sure he has guys that are on the track jimmy barnes guys is on the track, the track okay, every day saying, did you go talk to jimmy no jimmy wasn't there when okay. i was talking I'm to just bob. saying like instead of talking to bob and john you should be talking to jimmy and juan like the guys that are on the track every day because Bob's watching what's going on, but like he's not. Yeah, but I have to assume. Yeah, but Michelle, Michelle, you don't think he talks to Jimmy Barnes every time he comes off the track? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a terrible argument. Terrible. I'm disappointed in you. Anyway, um, we have about four minutes till we call Casey Bennett here on the uh, horse ownership experience. She uh, she's going to tell us all about breeding square Eddie. And we're going to a couple weeks ago, if you were listening to the show, Michelle and I had an interesting question about artificial insemination. And Casey does not know this, but we're going to ask her about it. I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious what she's going to say right now. And she oh, she, starts to Google I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She might be. She might be. Um. All right. So okay, you want to so do have, like a do quick do rundown? A race recap or like the two little. 
tidbits One, I let's have. Let's do the two little tidbits, and then because okay. Casey's going to call, and then um, we can do our race recap towards the end because Casey okay. only has about 20 so minutes anyway. the first anyway. crazy thing that's going on right now is the state of Kentucky passed this tax reform, oh. and somehow it was not noticed that in the tax reform, um, basically any big time gambler is going to be absolutely screwed. Basically what happens right now is when you make a big hit, um, gambling, you can count that against your losses. That's why you'll see people that are big gamblers, keep their tickets. They print off their win loss statement from their ADW. And, you know, so just say you bet a half a million dollars and you made uh, 750,000, you're only taxed on the winnings over the losses. Right. And now that's saying, nope, never mind. So if you won seven hundred fifty thousand, you are no longer able to deduct your five hundred thousand dollars in losses. This is crazy. This is crazy. What this happened? Is like what big, what this is what like happened? People's lives open right now. Yeah. What what happened? I know everybody's up in arms, but how did it get through, Michelle? Do you have any idea? I, I have no idea. And you know, Damon Thayer has said that we're going to try to rectify this immediately, and they're going to try and take care of it. Now, I don't know if they do get it taken care of immediately i'm not sure if that's going to be retroactive so like the last month or two months or whatever it has been in effect like if it's going to cover that time or not so definitely people are very very concerned i mean i even read an article where a major handicapper is saying uh i'm gonna move if this is the case like i'm gonna move out of state because i i I wager and i love wagering and i'm not gonna quit wagering so i'm gonna move yeah, as he should. This is a, a ridiculous thing. It was all over the news um, late last week, and I just I, I am flabbergasted, completely it's flabbergasted. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is something that deserves to be called out. Like, how are you for Kentucky horse racing, and you didn't happen to notice this in the rules? Yeah, you know what? I'm, well, let's do a little more homework on this. Maybe I'll bring uh, Chapman on, our lawyer who's in Kentucky. He's great, Chapman right. Hopkins, and he can come on and maybe tell us a little bit about it. Or he has a tax person that he could put us in touch with. We'll find out. We'll get to the bottom of this. Let's make sure okay, we do that. so the other just cool little tidbit I had was, um, you know, a lot of horses obviously aiming towards the Kentucky Derby, but the Preakness, a major race, and we see a lot of horses uh, bypass the Derby, especially some of the horses that have a little injury or, you know, get a late start, and they go towards the Preakness. Well, um, Maryland is teaming together with Oaklawn this year, and they are having the Oaklawn Invitational. So it's the same day as Derby Day. It's May 4th. And if you win, you get an automatic berth into the Preakness expenses paid. I have to say, and they did that, I think, with the California El Camino Real Derby a couple weeks ago, right, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I like the these forward thinking. I like it. I like what the Preakness is doing. They are trying to build up that field because it's always decimated by a lot of Derby also-rans who just don't want to run back that quickly. And I think it's a good program. I think it's a good idea, and kudos to them for thinking outside the box, which we need in this game, people. We need it. Mm-hmm. Text your ideas uh, or uh, tweet your ideas at Own a Horse. I mean, it's great, too, because it just gives... It, it, first of all, it shows that the Derby is not just the be-all, end-all three-year-old race, right? Right, right. And then second of all, it gives horses that you... You know, a mile and three sixteenths is a different race than a mile and a quarter race. I mean, and some of these horses running these mile and eighth preps, they might not want to go the full mile and a quarter. What's an eighth and a mile shorter? It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think it's good. I think the Preakness has taken on a brand of its own, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with the whole infield stuff. And now they're just trying to make it a better race. I still want to see the Preakness at Santa Anita. (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't that be cool all right uh, Ronan. last little tiny thing yeah. uh toba has released their schedule of clinics etc cetera, etc cetera. and the next two one is in march it's pedigree and confirmation it's going to be held in ocala and the other one is in june and that's based on breeding and it's going to be held in lexington okay good to know okay. i'm i'm on the board of directors of toba do you know that 
Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. It's <laughs> really funny, Michelle. Ronan, go ahead and get Casey on if you would for us. Casey Bennett from Ocean Breeze Ranch. Michelle and I will do our steaks recap uh, coming up and uh, just in probably about 20 minutes. So, uh, Ronan, I see Ronan on this. Di- hey, Michelle, what did you think of the Academy Awards? I didn't watch them. What? Didn't watch them. Why not? Hello? Oh, there she is. Casey Bennett. It's Billy Koch and, and Michelle Yu. You're live Hi, on Casey. the Horse Ownership Experience. Hello. How are you guys? Now, Casey and I Super. met for the first time last night at the CTBA Awards. Uh, she was uh, in fine form going up and down. I want, We sat at Table 6, Michelle, and she got an award, and I asked her to please thank Table 6, and she forgot. That's kind of that. clammed up. She did clam up. <clears throat> Excuse me, Casey. Well, Billy, at least you were memorable enough that she remembered to come on the show today. Yes, I, thank God. Uh, <laughs> Casey, tell us before we get into Ocean Breeze and Square Eddie and the CTBA Awards, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and how you got started in the horse business. Yeah, actually, I mean, I grew up riding horses my whole life. I rode on the question team up at Fresno State and graduated and moved back home. And I kind of always knew about Vessel Stallion Farm. I came here as a kid for 4-H and just drove through the gates. I was actually with my mom and uh, popped in and asked if they were hiring. And Cash Vessels, who was Scoop's son at the time, was laying on the couch with his dog and said, well, we're hiring. So (laughs) I kind of just started working here in the office, um, helping out. I had a gal that was working in the office that was going on maternity leave. So I stepped in there and Prior to hiring me, they had hired a resident vet, and he was looking for a vet tech, and so started working with him, and he just trained me to do a lot, and then I uh, was promoted to the breeding manager, and then, um, unfortunately, Scoop Vessels passed away in a plane crash, uh, and so the farm was then put on the market and became Ocean Breeze Ranch in 2015, and so just kind of kept working for them, and uh, then... Kevin Dixon was the farm manager at the time, and he got an offer to go work at Barton Thoroughbreds in July of 2017. So they asked me to step as the farm manager. So I've been here ever since. <laughs> when 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 did you start? What was, what was the, the transition date? like? Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it wasn't a huge transition because we kept um, we stood square Eddie as Vessel Stallion Farm and had all red and racing mares here. So it was. I mean, it didn't really feel like a huge change whatsoever, and. You know, I was already doing, managing the breeding and it was just a little bit more responsibility as far as the maintenance of the farm and keeping everything going like that. But um, it was a very smooth transition. And you have uh, one little boy. He's got a cool name. I have, yeah, I have one little boy named Braxton. Braxton. Uh, He will be two, two on Thursday. And we have Collins on the way. I have a C-section scheduled for May 28th. Oh, you're already set up. Michelle knows all about that. I'm set up. Yeah. Michelle has two <laughs> little kids, too. it goes too. according to plan, but... Well, it we... never goes according to plan. I figured that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, Casey, tell us a little bit about the day-to-day operations at Ocean Breeze. What you, Most, you know, we've had a lot of... Mostly, we're the, called the horse ownership experience, so we have a lot of owners on here. But this is an interesting uh, perspective to say um, this is not necessarily... What's the day in the life of yeah, a stallion? Yeah. What, what goes on? You know, obviously, right now we're in our busy season. Uh, we're pulling out babies and um, breeding all these mares back. Square Eddie typically gets a book of about 40 to 50 mares. So we stay pretty busy this time and just 
you know, the vet, we don't have a resident veterinary anymore, but we do work with uh, Dr. Daniel Grove with West Coast Equine Medicine, and he comes every day and palpates these mares and lets us know what mares to cover and, um, you know, just kind of run a breeding operation there. And then for, we kind of, it was a little bit of a new deal, which is why the two-year-old award for Square Audio was special to us is we started breaking the babies here on the ranch. And so we have a little, you know, half a mile practice track and a few breaking pens and arena. And we started getting those babies started. So, you know, come around September, we bring up, we typically break about 30 to 35 babies. So okay. we break them up into groups of two and uh, do a little bit of the breaking here. So of that's course. Fun. Now, so but- I have to give a quick shout out there to Dahaji Gladney, who is. Yeah, uh, so I used he just stopped in here this morning, and I said, oh, I'm doing a podcast, and mentioned your name, and he said, oh, you know, you be- better tease her for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know- so, Dahaji working down there, doing an awesome job, and uh, I actually barrel race his daughter, and she kicks my butt every time. Mm. I'm sorry, oh, Michelle. London, she is something special. Um, yeah, she's definitely a talented little girl. She's actually helped pony a few times for them out here, so... Um, yeah, we could like not nine more blessed, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Casey, you talk about you talk about breaking, and you know we, Michelle and I both know what that is. Can you go in a little bit in depth on actually the process that takes place to get these young horses ready to become race horses? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, basically, we like I said, we're so blessed that Squarey puts a amazing mind on all these babies. So um, and. We do, you know, these babies get halters on them as soon as they're out in pasture and they're coming through the breeding barn with their mom. So they get handled a bunch. So luckily, the, you know, the, and our crew is amazing. We've got, you know, Trino is our assistant farm manager and he's just been, he was with us with Vessel. So he's just very good with these babies. So we, we have a good ground foundation on them. And then before Jahaji's team comes in, I bring these, you know, this group of about 15 to 18 up and, Carlos Cabello, who actually, I don't know if you guys know, but we run a layup. We will rehab any of the Redham horses that have surgery. So we have a pretty nice layup facility. So he manages that, but he's also had a lot of experience in breaking and training babies. So he will start ground driving them. What does that mean? Wait, wait, wait. What does that mean, ground driving? So you basically, you're teaching them to have a rider on them without having a rider on them. So you'll have long lines on each side of them and, it feel you know I can like post as a video, a Billy. Yeah, we should. No, we should. I'll, I'll do it. I have one of us driving our babies. Uh, yeah, because you know, I probably have some of Dahaji doing it, so I can send you some. But it is amazing, uh, Casey, but, because it, it's amazing. And Michelle, the reason why I'm talking about this, just getting our our audience informed. I think people forget they go to the racetrack and they see a horse, and they just, the jockey just climbs aboard. You know, you put the saddle on, and jockey comes up. They've never done this before. Yeah. I mean, we, we for, no, sometimes yeah, forget, and that's why it's important. That's why I want you to go into it. Yeah. So um, then it's just that Carlos does that for about two weeks, and it's just, you know, getting them used to getting their feet picked up and getting a rider on them. You know, Carlos. Oh. Oh, technical difficulties. Whoa. I don't think it was us, though. She was on such a roll. I know. Casey, we lost you. Oh, maybe she'll maybe she'll call back. Maybe she got another more urgent call. I think it's important, and um, 
I'm going to end the call. Will you call back, Ronan? I know you're listening. Um, Michelle, the reason why I'm jumping in is because we can say breaking, but I think a lot of people in our audience have no idea what that means. So that's why I wanted Casey to kind of go into it a little bit and talk about that and use that terminology um, to to let people know exactly what this process is because there's so much that goes into it. I know, Michelle, you're probably all about it. Uh, oh yeah, here she comes. She's back. She's back. Okay, so you were saying, you know, they get they get the jockey on for the first time, and then then what happens? Yeah, and then you know, it's just basically we'll stay in the round pen for those two weeks, and it's um, you know, just teaching them to move off your legs to respond to all the cues they're going to have from that jockey. So it's just kind of putting that groundwork on them, getting them to do lead changes that they have to do on the track. So it's just training them to do all of that, you know, in a controlled environment. Nice to do it here because they were raised here. So they don't have the high stress of the track. So, you know, and then we'll eventually move out to the arena. So they have a little bit more room and they can do figure eights and learn to bend and give to the bit. Uh, So do a little bit of that for about, you know, two, three more weeks in the arena. And then we do, like I said, have that little practice track we have around one of our pastures so um they'll get to galloping on there and then you know we go with a pony horse so they get used to the pony horse i've got a few older quarter horses that i'll go out there with them and pony get them used to that and then even on the track they obviously see traffic you know horses coming at them in other directions which is something that's new to them they typically run in a pack out in pasture all together so uh, having a horse loping at them or galloping at them is something new so we'll you know i'll go on a pony horse the other way and get them used to that uh so you know like Haji's very good at you know getting them to see everything they that we can expose them to here casey bennett ocean breeze ranch here on the horse ownership experience casey what do you ever look at a horse like uh, maybe now they're you know yearling or uh they're a year and a half and you can say oh i think this one is special we do, and, you know, we will always, ha- you know, Kieran Dunn will come out here with us, and, you know, we'll have different, um, Roderick will come out sometimes from Kentucky and go through all these horses, and we always, we pick our, you know, ones that we just think are something special, whether it happens that way or not, um, but, yeah, you do, you know, just getting to know them, and that's the neat thing about being on a breeding farm, is we do, we know them from day one. So you not only see their confirmation and how they grow up, but their personality. So um, you definitely always pick your favorites for sure. But I will say, you know, there's some that I, I don't love as weanlings, but then they turn in, they grow mature. And so it's really hard to go through a group of, you know, 30, 35 horses and say, you know, this one's not going to make it because six months later you can really like it. Casey, how often do you talk to Mr. Redham? Most of these horses, or a lot of them, I don't know if it's most, um, are by Square Eddie that you have. Obviously, he stands there. Do you do you speak to Redham on a monthly basis? Do you talk to Doug O'Neill, who's one of his main trainers? What's the communication like with yeah, the owners and we're, trainers? we're very involved with Doug. Doug comes through the breaking process. Doug will come out on Tuesdays typically, um, you know, maybe every other week or so. So Doug comes out, and um, Doug is very involved with Paul, and they have – weekly meetings and discuss everything um paul's wife zilla is very involved with the farm she has been hands-on from day one and we did a lot of improvements here so she comes every you know if they as long as they're in town she comes down here every tuesday as well so um very involved owners very wonderful people to work with and you know like i said last night they're just 
they stand behind the stallion 100%. They breed about 30, 35 of their mares to him every year, and uh, they give him the opportunity to do what he, all of his offspring does on the track. Yeah, also interesting. I've just found it, uh, I, I find it uh, just another interesting part of the game. You mentioned the word confirmation. And we've had people discuss it. We've had bloodstock agents on our show. We've had people talk about it. But I still think it's one of those words that people don't quite understand why confirmation is so important. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, mainly for the how a horse is going to hold up. You know, if a horse has got, and we are so blessed, Square Eddie throws very correct goals. But, you know, we do have every once in a while, Two, two or three out of the crop that have got some incorrect legs. So once they start picking up speed and all that pressure is on them, that's when they have injuries. You know, they'll chip, you know, their knees won't hold up. So that's where confirmation plays a big role as far as uh, holding up on the racetrack, in my opinion. You know, some of these are just completely offset knees or carpal valgus, carpal varus of the legs, and that's just all that added you know, just like any athlete, you know, um, it's just added, added pressure on those joints and bones. So um, that's where confirmation does play a huge role. However, you know, there are the, you know, horses that are crooked and still run really well. But um, it is you do have a higher incidence for uh, injuries. Michelle and I had a. I want to know oh. if she has a favorite aspect. Casey, do you have a sure. favorite aspect of, uh, you know, you, you, you are part of so many facets from the conception to the foaling to the two-year-olds now which part do you just it jig you up every day to be you like know, yes I, I really i mean i'm so lucky i mean my grandmother always said love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life and it's so true because i mean we are i'm seven days a week in breeding season you know it's there's not a lot of breaks but it is just and that's why you know a lot of veterinarians will stay away from the repro side of things but um it's it's so rewarding to see my I think my favorite part is to see these babies you know day one and watch them you know I'm just you know I work with the crew and do all the vaccinations and see them come to the breeding barn and so we get to see them all transition and then when we get them either get them back or go to the races and just see what they've become it's just so rewarding. It's got to be a thrilling experience, and I you know really Square Eddie. Square Eddie won several awards last night, including two-year-old uh, stallion champion. So those are really babies that hadn't been away from you for long. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, listing for example is just you know he is he was you know a favorite here. Obviously, we love the mayor Marquis Diamond, and so um, spent a lot of time with him, and you know it's just amazing. Like he hadn't been gone long and we did have him here for a little layup just um, a little R&R away from the track and uh, it's just amazing the change and you know they just they change so much and then be able to go watch him you know win those races is it's That's pretty cool. Rewarding. That's pretty cool. K- uh, Casey uh, Bennett from Ocean Breeze Ranch here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle Michelle and Casey, I, you, yes, go you, you want to ask her the about, secret question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Michelle and I got she, into she's it. She's probably in a unique position being there with vessels was there. Right. So Michelle and I had a whole um, artificial insemination discussion a couple weeks ago, and we promised our our people, our our audience, excuse me, that we would get into it with someone who really knew about it and why they can do it in quarter horses, and yet in thoroughbreds, it's obviously it's not 
used. Um, can you give us a little insight on it? I want to look at the pluses, the pluses and the minuses of why it should be allowed in thoroughbreds. And not embryo transfer, just in vitro. Yes, artificial insemination. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the nice thing about artificial insemination, uh, working with vessels, is you take the you take the injury factor out of it. And, you know, obviously you can be so much safer with STDs. Uh, it's, a, it's a safer form of breeding. Um, I understand, you know, I understand and respect thoroughbreds and, you know, it, I get that that's, you know, it's the old school way to do it. Um, so I do get that, but I do, I will, pre- you know, having come from vessels where we did, you know, we had multiple stallions here. We were shipping semen all over, you know, some to Brazil, frozen semen and, um, obviously a lot of cold semen all over the United States. So it does, and the embryo transfer opens up, a, you know, obviously a whole new game. So I, I really understand why they, that just kind of floods the market. You know, you, I used to, when I first got in this business, you would go see these horse sales and, you know, a horse would sell for all this money because it was a one in a million, you know, it was this first down dash crossed with Dicey Secret and it sold for all this money. And um, then as you were able to get four or five of those a year because of embryo transfers, it definitely changed the market. So I completely understand um, where the jockey club stands on no embryo transfer. Um, you know, but I think there's perks to both of it. And it's, you know, it's nice to, with cool team, and obviously you don't have to have the mares come to your ranch. So you're not overseeing any of you don't know who's breeding these horses or so you can really hurt your horse's conception rate. You know, if you're just sending this to a backyard farm that doesn't know how to breed and then you're not getting mares in full. So I can see how it could hurt the stallion as well. That's interesting. So I see both sides oh, I, of it. I, yeah, I, the, I never thought of that aspect a, of it. That's a very know? good point. Yeah. So yeah, are, cause you just don't, you know, if, if sometimes you're shipping to, you know, really reputable ranches and you know that they're managing these mares, but also, it can go to, you know, just someone that's kind of doing it in their backyard and the mare can fill up with fluid and they're not treating her, you know. So I do see how being able to manage the mares on your farm and know how, you know, your stallion's covering them, you're there overseeing it all, you're managing the mares. Um, there is that side of it that um, I understand why live cover is so important in the it's thoroughbred a, industry. It's a control issue. I mean, that, that's... Yeah, it just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like there could be just, you know... Okay, if you're going to breed artificial insemination, you have to still make it to, you know, a major facility or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be in your backyard. You know, there could be things like that. And obviously, I still think there should be limits in place. Like, it's not going to be like, okay, well, now Square Eddie is going to have 500 mares he gets bred to. Like, everyone should still do a mandatory, you know, maximum of a book. Right, but I I think what she's saying... Right, but Michelle, I think what she's saying, and which I, I tend to agree with, is that you can't control that. Even if you put limitations, there's still going to be people out there who are who are doing it wrong or illegally. They're going to say, oh, I got some extra square eddy. <laughs> yeah, but if you have some yeah. extra square eddy, there has to be a, like a certificate that comes along with that. Right. Well. Right? I mean, you're not just, I'm not yeah. just going to send you some semen and be like, hey, by the way, it's square eddy, or maybe it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? yeah. <laughs> right. But that's... <laughs> Or it's Billy in a bottle. No, that's not good. Yeah. No, Billy's a gelding. But, like, you know, and then you do, like, with the quarter horses, I mean, it happens when, you know, you have a lot of stallions at your farm and you're you're cooling doses and shipping out doses. I mean, sometimes the wrong mare would get bred to the wrong stallion, and you don't know until you DNA test that horse. So, um, 
Wow. There's obviously that factor. Well, so. How often did that happen? Just like a offhand. Uh, you know, I here when it was Bethel Stallion Farm, I remember, you know, maybe two or three throughout my years with them. And, you know, I worked with them for eight years. So it wasn't that frequent, but also, you know, we were very careful, you know, we obviously right. labeled everything. And, but I mean, like I said, if it was at, you know, a farm that wasn't being properly managed, I could see how it, you know, it just happened. <laughs> It's, it's pretty incredible stuff. We're going to continue to talk about that here on our show. Um, Michelle, just so you know, Square well, I, Eddie. I would just a blat- wait, wait, yeah. one last question yeah. about that. Sorry, Billy. Yeah, go ahead. So if this was like a voting situation, would you vote in favor of starting to uh, research, like allowing AI, or would you be against it in thoroughbreds? Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, that's a tough question. I mean, I I do love the safety factor of it. You know, you're you're able to take out so many variables that can be dangerous. The mare can get hurt. Your stallion can be get hurt. Um, STDs can be transmitted. So for that, for the horse's safety, um, I would probably vote in favor of artificial insemination. But I, like I said, I do understand how the slippery slope that can be created by that. Well, it you know, and and it's interesting you say that because I've seen you've seen it a million times. Horses breed. I've only seen it once live, um, and it was Medagliadoro, and it was honestly uh-huh. frightening. I, I it shook me up. It was it's it's and, you know it, it is like <laughs> um, <laughs> I know we laugh like, about it, but it really was scary. That. Like it's I mean for an, especially someone that wouldn't know horses and were to watch that. I mean it's. Um, yeah, it definitely takes some getting used to. <laughs> well, what's what's Square Eddie like? Is he gentle? Yeah, Square Eddie, I will say. Is he a lover? He is such a gentleman. And you can house, and that's where, I mean, he's just been a saint. You can house mares in the pasture next to him. He doesn't have that very aggressive stallion nature by any means. So um, we are very lucky. Um, but we also stand Cogito as well, and he is uh, way more aggressive. So and, <laughs> that's you know, where I can see. Yeah, and we're not going to get into – you don't have to be specific. The- but when you say aggressive, I mean, <laughs> tell our audience because this is it, – it's very serious, and it is – it can be scary. I mean, I remember it was – so when a horse is aggressive, I mean, yeah, they bite, and, and what do they do? And, they have, you know, they have shoes on their front feet, and they're, you know, mounting the mare, and especially when – I mean – we got him as a new stallion, so he's learning, you know, so it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of. You can be aggressive, you can be, it's okay. Yeah, you Sometimes can say whatever you want. Sometimes there's some fighting going on, and they're jerking around the manes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're jerking around, and you know, a lot of these mares have a baby on their side that are being bred back, so, I mean, like I said, we're, we're very safe, we have, you know, we have a tease wall that we have set up, because um, once it, this farm was all set up for artificial insemination and quarter horses so we you know we have all that stuff here and actually in the off season i will um free semen on warm bloods and stuff for some clients that kind of rolled over from vessels but um so we're fully set up for that but we take advantage of using that tease wall to protect the baby put the baby on the other side and you know we've got a leather covering for the mare for her neck and you know obviously hobbles for her hind end but it's just you know even as careful as you can be you know some injuries do happen you know what everybody asked me about michelle and casey what the teaser 
Oh. Is the there teaser. are they still the do they still use that? Teaser. The poor teaser. Tell us about the teaser, Casey. Give give the teaser some credit. <laughs> I give the teaser some credit. He is. He's a huge we just have a little mini Shetland horse. Uh, That's pony. what you use. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually hot we didn't even we caught in he came from Bethel, so his name's Paint Teaser. But uh Jahaji actually named him TP for Teaser Pony. Okay. So, um, but yeah, we, um, you know, but in the very beginning, I mean. So what does he do, not, though? He play a huge, huge role as we get more into breeding season because we're just checking these mares so frequently. But in the very beginning to see what mares are cycling, but, you know, they do help play a huge role, so. And I think it, it's a little shy. Basically, the teaser comes in and sniffs the air to see if it's going to be lucky for swimming. Ah. And yeah. Let's you know, you know, with a little roar and a lip curl. So wait, does the teaser get any yeah. action? Does he get any action at any point during the year? This, this poor guy is probably very frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think he's 25 now. And wow. <laughs> and he's never been bred. <laughs> Casey, no. Casey Bennett. Um, let me, let's ask you one final question because we've taken up even more time than we thought we would. And we really appreciate you coming on How do today. How get a square Eddie? Yeah, Michelle and I want a square eddy uh, baby. Number one, uh, number two. But you, you know, you're also obviously in the thoroughbred business, and this is the horse ownership experience. So, what do we do marketing wise, or what do we do to get new people into this game? That that all the three of us on this show right now, we love this game. We want it to prosper, uh, but we're in. There's a lot of competition out there. What do we need to do? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's. You know, I wish people could see. The you know obviously there's a lot of negative press that follows this business around and uh, you know I just you know it, maybe if people just saw more of the farms and how the farms operate and how these horses are really treated and maybe saw some of the breaking you know the trainers the jockeys the breed everyone they care so much about these horses you know it's it's not just it's not as cutthroat as they can kind of make it out to be. And, um, you know, being able to work here every day and see these horses living their life out in pasture. Um, I think maybe if just more people were able to visit some farms and kind of see behind the scenes. Um, I think that would help. Well, can people come out and see ocean breeze? Yeah. Yeah. Can they come? We always love people to come out and see square. All right. Well, how how do they do that? Give us, give us your information or a website. Can we bring a collection? Honestly, we're all, Information's on our website, oceanbreezeranch.com, uh, and you know all my, my contacts on there, my cells on there, my emails on there. So um, if you know, we're very open to showing the ranch around and introducing people to Square Eddie because you know obviously we're biased, but we think he's amazing and um, think he, think he should be seen. So well, congratulations on a huge night last night at the CTBA Awards. Just so you know, Michelle, I was going to read this before. Square Eddie received three honors, stallion honors. He's a 13-year-old son of Smart Strike. I'll say that 10 times really fast. Smart Strike. He was the leading <laughs> sire of California Conceived Foals by total earnings and by Is turf he earnings. Only 13? Yeah, and was the leading sire of California Conceived Foals by earnings. So, huge congratulations. Casey Bennett, thank you so much for taking the time today thank to come you. on and share this experience with our audience and we wish you uh, the best with uh, your new little filly that you have in your belly. Uh, thank you thank you very much it was great meeting you last night and nice talking to you myself thank you good good talking to you sorry you had to sit by billy for a whole dinner <laughs> i wasn't so bad tell casey tell her tell her i wasn't that bad 
and he was just such a nice gentleman. It was an honor to sit next to him. There you go. See, oh, thank gentlemen. you, Casey. Your your bonus payment. Your bonus payment's coming. So, well, her, you know, her husband was there too, and he's a very big guy. He was wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. There was no messing around. So, uh, anyway, Casey, thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Have a great day. All right. Casey Bennett with Ocean Breeze Ranch. They stand square Eddie. That was cool, Michelle. Yeah, I felt like she didn't want to be as aggressive verbally. I know. She was a little shy, so I had to jump in there with some of the uh, cruder elements. Well, Michelle, you are not shy. I'm not shy. No, it's also not. my show. I can say kind of whatever I want. No, you are not shy. All right, listen. We don't have a lot of time. Casey went really long, so we got about... But she was awesome. She was and great. I love that she has that unique perspective of both because we've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was a really good comment on the AI situation where the control factor, and I think that's probably the number one issue that would prevent it. So, what happened this week? We have we have five minutes to say what happened last okay. week and what happened this week, so we have to move quickly. Okay, so last week, the Hal's Hope, what, did you watch that race? Who won? Prince Lucky. No, I missed it. Okay. God, did you watch the it. Mind That Bird? No. Okay, hustle up on that. Did you watch the uh, <laughs> Spring me these. Fever? Yes. Yes, that was a great race. Show it and mow it. I love show it and mow it. Sh- uh, that was my Trevor, and he's not even calling Santa Anita. Uh, yeah, she ran really well. Um, you know, really she's um, she's owned by Terry Lovinger and Tom London, I believe, and Eugene Zaldo uh, for Gary Sherlock. Show it and mow it. And uh, the Buena Vista went to Vasilika. It's Vasilika, right? It's not Vasilika? It's Vasilika, I've been told, by okay. my superiors. And, and Gato Racing and at all and Hollendorfer and Tordaro. I mean, this filly is unbelievable. Yeah, she's awesome. She is just, she's awesome. Uh, since she was claimed for 40000 and she's earned, uh, how much has she earned oh, now? 900000 almost, That's I think, crazy. Since then. Good for them. Well... Great for them. Great for her. It was on a day that the barn needed an, an uplift. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which is terrible. Actually, and the we last had time um, she ran, uh, Dan Gatto had died the day before. Correct. So and and we like, had the, we had his son on the show. Yeah, and she is the silver lining so far of this barn. It's amazing. It's amazing story. Okay. Uh, and also, Runaway Ghost won the curry butt. He's back. That's good. He's back. Yeah, he was a good horse last year. It's good to see um, horses come back. So, you know, we always had to talk a little bit about aftercare and we didn't get to talk to Casey about it. Yes, you're so right. I have like an, a side note aftercare situation. Let's do it. Um, okay. So earlier on this summer, there was like a really big to do on social media about I care, I help a lady named Dina and okay. how she alleged that she was um, saving all these horses uh, that were thoroughbreds running through an auction and, you know, Maggie Moss and all these people kind of went up against her saying you can't buy horses from kill buyers because it feeds the cycle right right and um what does that mean she, what, do you, what do you mean if it feeds the cycle what do you okay mean? so like if you if a, if you start to go to auctions and buy horses and outbid kill buyers right they or you go and buy them directly from the kill buyer that has bought them from the auction well you're then giving the kill buyer more money to go buy more, more horses, horses i you have to spend more money on okay so it's Got not you. a really good al- allocation of funds makes sense Okay, so uh, Dina had all these horses that she kept taking, and she was giving them to this guy named Hal Parker and said he was great and wonderful, but people were complaining that the horses were, like, dying and they came terrible. So he actually has just been arrested for theft. And that is due to um, an investigation brought on by the National Thoroughbred Welfare 
Association that was started by Rick Porter. Good. Uh, in basically in like retribution to these horses that they felt like weren't getting their fair um, shot because of this cycle thing. And NTWO is now taking a stance and they've tried, they're trying to work directly with racetracks to make sure to get horses housed right from the track. So there isn't that auction house situation. That's the middleman. Um, but because of stuff that they've had go on that they, they, their investigation led directly to this guy getting arrested for this. So well, I that's, think that's, that's a good story because yeah. there are a lot of people out there that, you know, would take advantage of the bleeding hearts, right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Wanna, you know, just help horses by giving money, but they don't really know what it goes to. Listen, make sure when you, you just do your research. And I'm telling you, I'm on the board of directors of Karma out here in California that was started by Madeline Auerbach. It's a great organization. If you're looking to get involved, we need help. We need money. We need people to take care of these racehorses. We actually started our own charity called LRF Cares, where we take care of our own horses and make sure that they all have proper homes when they are done racing, mostly uh, the geldings or, or you know, Philly that unfortunately can't be a broodmare for whatever reason. Um, so it's really important to do your homework. Call Michelle Yu. She is great. Reach out to her on Twitter at the Michelle Yu or at own a horse and, and find out how you can get involved. I think it's really, really important. Um, so real quick then coming up, Billy, yeah. uh, this weekend at Santa Anita is the Pasadena and the Tisnow Steaks. Hey, I'm in Friday the Tisnow Steaks. Beers. I'm in the Tisnow Steaks. Oh yeah. We yeah. Do. King Abner. Should be tough in there, right? Oh, yeah. Shouldn't be a big field, I don't think. But we'll see. Should be tough. Uh, Tyler Bays hops on a back aboard for Phil D'Amato. Also, $2 beers on Fridays, like every Friday out at Santa Anita. So Do, wait, does it have the hot dogs to too? Happy hour. Does it have the hot dogs too? No, it's just $2 beers. Ugh. And you're talking Monday dollar days, which is dollar oh, beers. Yes. Every Friday, though, we have $2 beers. Well, that's fantastic. Friday. $2. How can you beat that? I know. Get and to Santa then, Anita. Um, also, it's Mardi Gras on Saturday. Mardi Gras. Are you wearing beads? Are you wearing beads? I guess if I earn them. <laughs> oh, my. See, now I'm going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to get in trouble, and you're the one who said it. That was funny. Just um, our audience is probably thinking it, though. I'm probably not going to wear beads because it will interfere with my mic sound, and it'll go click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, and I'll get in trouble. Well, we don't want to do click, clack, click, clack, click, click. Let me just thank everybody. Casey Bennett for coming on today from Ocean Breeze Ranch. They stand square Eddie and and... Go on to her website. Anybody who wants to go out and check out a farm, it's in Bonsall. It's uh, only a couple hours uh, away from the Los Angeles area. So go check that out. Thanks to Santa Anita and Del Mar for always taking uh, really good care of us. And our main sponsor, Taylor Made, uh, who stands California Chrome and Midnight Storm and Not This Time. Not This and- Time. Not this time. And Mishawish. A bunch of good stallions. They do a great job. Travis White is the absolute king. And uh, I guess that's it, Michelle. What a good show. And Billy, I already posted on our Twitter a video of Ryan ground driving one of our babies this year. So oh, that's amazing. See that. All right. Check us out at Own Horse, at BKLRF, at the Michelle Yu. We love our audience. Keep listening, keep downloading, and we'll bring in more interesting people as the weeks progress. And as we, we didn't do our top three derby, let's skip it this week because we've got some preps coming up. Well, mine's still the same anyway. Mine's the same too. Love you, Michelle. Love you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. California Chrome Straight and Strong. Absolutely sensational. California Chrome. California Chrome.
Lucky Derby. California Chrome wins impressively. He's gone into overdrive. California Chrome wins the Dubai World Cup. One of the greatest performances you'll ever see. Chrome turns to gold.